What is up? <laughs> this is our next episode on our podcast with the one and only Max Lawson. He's back again. Very hey. guest. He has the the award for coming on the podcast the most. We always like having oh, him yeah. on. True. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Today's movie is the French Dispatch, Wes Anderson's new installment. Um, we can kind of go with our general thoughts first and then get into more specifics later on. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. My initial thoughts, I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. I thought it was unique, um, yep. to say the least. Unique. Yeah, I, I think all his films are pretty unique. But this one, it feels like the most Wes Anderson yet, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've probably seen yeah. fourth. I think this is like my fourth one I've seen. It this, definitely this, feels like uh, it's Wes ever. Yeah. It's it's the most Wes Anderson Wes Anderson movie yeah. that I've ever seen. I'm doing my review on Letterbox. Like this is. <laughs> I've only seen this is my first and only Wes Anderson movie. I must really? say. What? Oh my god! But it is a very Wes Anderson movie. Bro, this man's only seen one Wes Anderson movie. All right, at least we have some. Well, that's good. This because this podcast now has a new viewer. A guy that's kind of intermediate, the yeah. middle, and I've seen all of them. So that's yeah. a good mix. That's a good mix. <laughs> oh, and, and my thoughts on this one, you know, I liked the movie. I think I liked it a lot more thinking about it in the, like after I watched it. But my, my main complaint with it was that to me, and I, this was just a me thing maybe, but to me it felt really long. I could see that. How long was it? It was, it was like, like it wasn't that long. long. It was not that long, but it felt... It just like dragged to me. It dragged in some of the later, the longer stories kind of started. I guess. But again, I didn't like, I still liked the movie. It's just, to me, there were moments where I was kind of sitting there like in theater, like, okay, okay, okay. Like, let's get to the good part. But as a, like, as a, I guess, a veteran Wes Anderson (laughs) viewer, I liked the on how charming it was because it was it was pretty charming and I liked the sensibilities that like I've seen his progression from his like first film all the way to this one and I can see him as a director using everything he's learned and kind of putting it all into this one big love letter to journalists and I kind of like that aspect and like I do agree some of those stories were a little bit long but honestly yeah. the longer ones I kind of enjoyed more like the artist one was amazing that was my i agree Benicio del toro one was awesome that was my favorite story out of all of them yeah Yeah. no i I think that all of the stories just looking at them on their own all of them are fantastic films like because basically to me i mean it's basically an anthology of short films that's basically what the movie is but to me any of them can stand on their own as great work I, i i truly think that it's just what I think I was feeling was I didn't know what it was about going into it. I hadn't seen any oh, of it. I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> so as we got into this and I was like, okay, okay, I'm really with this. At the beginning, I was totally with it. And then just kind of, as we got on the artist story, I was totally with the entire time. The story with Timothy Chalamet, I was in for like most of it. And I really liked the ending of that one, but we can get into that later. Um, yeah. And, and then the third one I really liked too, but it was like, at some point it just kind of especially like the animation in it like it suddenly became animated i was like okay like that's quirky but like it kind of just drew itself out to me personally that's just me which i yeah i get i get the points i just i don't know i mean it's so unconventional like because going into if you definitely are cold and you know nothing about the movie like 
the way it starts, I guess, I mean, the way you go into any movie is you're expecting mm. one for first act, second act, third act. And that's yeah. kind of what we're kind of conditioned to really expect coming into it. And like the French dispatch kind of does not do that. This is like, no, not at all. Not your traditional story. <laughs> storytelling. It literally yeah. is like you're reading an article. You're yeah, reading I know. That's, and I want to give it that because what I thought was really impressive with it is it felt like you were opening up a newspaper and it's like, what are the top stories today? It really had that feeling to it. It had the variation. It had the, <clears throat> the difference in story and it, everything was cut together and put together in such a way that it really felt like you were opening the morning news and reading a paper, like reading the paper. That's facts. Yeah. And like the first scene to the last scene, it kind of all ties it together. It's like they, they are all one group and they all came together by that end. They're all writing that final article together, like word, yeah. word by word. And I really liked that aspect. And it was like cute. And it was like, Oh, that's heartwarming. But I mean, I, the only flaws I kind of saw with the movie, like as a whole, was like there was no real big payoff, which I don't think there was really supposed to be one. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like it didn't really need one because oh, all yeah. of the, all of their own stories had the payoffs. Yeah, and I, I, the payoff of the cool. actual film to me was that last scene with them all writing um, the which, obituary, which is definitely which I know that like I get that. It's just to me it didn't have that like the impact that I really was looking for or like, yeah, which I, which well, it's, it's kind of just from like, his usual films. I from his usual yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was about to say is as a first time, I've never seen any of his other work. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They're all conventional story stories. Like they're all first act, second act, third act, but they're all right. done very stylistically. Right. Which is like, which is what I've kind of was like, ho- like thinking going, cause I didn't even know it was going to be st- like this. Like I knew it was going to be a Wes Anderson movie, and I not, I knew there was going to be a little bit more. Yeah, I, it's a very quirky movie. It really is, which I think is so indicative of his style. But you know, it's a very quirky movie. Like it's very. It's not for I, everyone. I don't think it's for everyone. For sure. As someone who liked it, I think it's a very quirky movie. That like some people, I know there are some people that would not like, like would that. walk out of this movie. Yeah, facts. Like if I showed my mom this, she would yeah. go to sleep immediately. Like she would hate it. But like, exactly. I don't know. I think he knows the crowd he's making the movie for, and I for think sure. he knows the for audience. Sure. And I think, you know, there's definitely things to really love about it. And I think there is things yeah. that it kind of falls short in in some aspects. Like some of the stories, I wasn't as engaged as some of the other ones. Right. But, sure. But so, yeah. what were your guys' favorite stories in the film? Oh, the, the Benicio del Toro story. That was mine. And yeah, I, I liked, loved every second of that one. That one, yeah, that one from start to finish, I loved. Like, I loved Benicio del Toro just being like this crazy, like, like even when he was growling at people and stuff, like, <laughs> that reminded me of what other Wes Anderson movies, like um, The Isle of Dogs or like yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox, like, where he would make right. the characters like go back into their animalistic states. And that was kind of like he was like bringing that back, almost homaging yeah. himself. <laughs> and I really liked that. It's like, and uh, I don't know. I just really liked. It was a lot of fun. That one was, it was a lot so of fun. fun. And that that whole end scene. And I had a like, great the prison. Yeah, the prison. Yeah. Like I loved all of that. It was so much. Yeah, that fun. was a great one. What about you, Alex? Yeah, for sure. I love the artist one. I also really like. I really like the Timothy Chalamet one too. Me too. Me too. I like that. I like those two a lot. 
Yeah, even though I still don't quite understand the whole thing yet. It was a lot of information just thrown at me. I thought that was a little bit of a flaw for this film because like they use a lot of really, really um proper words. How do you say it? Like advanced advanced advanced. words and they say it so (laughs) fast. I'm like, I'm trying to keep up on what they're saying. Definitely in the last one too. Because it's it's written. The last one was the last one with Jeffrey Wright chef story. Yeah. The oh, chef. Honestly, I like that. Personally, I that like, one's a great one too. I like that one more than I like the Timothy Chalamet one. I like, I like the Timothy Chalamet one. Well, okay. My favorite of them, and this is going to be a hot take. So my favorite of them oh, was, the Wilson, was the Owen Wilson bicycle one. I really loved that one. <laughs> That one's great. It's just I mean, it's short. Good. Short, it's short. It's short and it's simple and it's sweet. And I really, it's not that I'm like, all of the other ones were so long. It's just like, I just really like, like the shot where he falls off the bike and like, I, everybody was, was dying yeah. laughing at that shot. I love that shot. Um, but my second favorite was definitely Timothy yeah. Chalamet's story. Okay. Um, because I did not know where it was going. And then when the ending happened, when, Spoiler, I don't know if this is a spoilers podcast or not, but uh, when he, when he big spoil podcast. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and when he falls off the building and drowns, I was like, whoa, that's such a cool way to end the story. Like that's such a bittersweet ending. He drowned the story. He electrocuted. Did he drown? Yeah, electrocuted and then he falls like, off and drowns. Uh, and he, yeah. Okay, okay. If I understand it right. Um like, I really like that one a lot. I also really loved, like you guys were saying, the Benicio Del Toro one. That one was really good. The Jeffrey Wright one, you know. Yeah. It was okay. I didn't like any of them, but I, there definitely were better ones than other ones. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I liked how it was supposed to be about the chef, and then it kind of turned more towards the guy trying to rescue his son. Yeah, it was an interesting way to do, like, the standard – food column in the in the journal you know what i mean because in any mag or any newspaper or something like that there's going to be your food column and how like we could do a whole 30 minute section on that so yeah. it's an interesting way to kind of flip that kind of idea on its head and i'm like i like that they went in that direction with it some of it was just a bit too indulgent for me yeah i love the payoff of that one of when that was what tastes, i really like when he tastes yeah. the, the poison or whatever he like goes down on the bullet like he bites his own bullet yeah, I really liked that, and and it was so sweet because he was like, I like the part that he was gonna cut out. Yeah, and he read that. I was like, that's fine. Like, I like that a lot. When he was like, it's a new taste I've never mm-hmm. had before, and like, there's things like that that you can still discover, even though it's, I almost died, <laughs> I almost killed myself yeah. eating this, but yeah. like, it's a new flavor. And that's almost like a metaphor for just life. Like, there's so many things that might be risky or dangerous. Yeah, but like, if you don't try it, you'll never know how it tastes. I thought that was really nice. Facts. I really yeah. liked that aspect of it. But I agree. The animation was kind of out of nowhere. Me too. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I, I, was like, I liked it, but it was like... <laughs> it's Wes Anderson. Yeah, Wes Anderson <laughs> makes his own rules. The thing is, I, 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 my problem with it was that it felt like there was no reason for it. Other than we can't do this in live action. That was what I that's, felt that, like. Well, that's what I thought too. It's a comic. It's kind of like the comic strip of like the newspaper. You know how they have like that little comic strip. Yeah. But is that in the food column? I, I would know. feel like that's a. Separate. Is this whole story in the food column? Now, if they had, if they had one that was animated, that was short and was by itself, that would be cool because that would be like the comic. That would but they did more sense. 
Yeah, it was I mean, incorporated into the food one, which to me felt like we don't have the budget to do this, so we're going to do it in this way. Exactly what I thought. Which I thought that was a you. Yeah, that's exactly what I even told you after. I was like, I thought the animation thing was like, oh, dude, they just did, didn't have a budget to do a huge car chase. Like that was the opinion of the people that I saw. You know, you they just came out with a unique way to do it. Like that could be the case, or it could not be the case. Yeah, it could have had the. They totally could have had the budget to do it, and Wes Anderson could have just been like, "Let's do it this way," because I feel like it's Wes Anderson. Yeah, which is definitely a viable thing that he would do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like Loki would have been better with just a regular car chase done Wes Anderson style. I think that would have been more enthralling. But like, at the end of the day, it's not like it's not like that breaks the movie. Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't like kill anything. It was just like. A little jarring at first, but then you kind of get into it. it takes it takes you a little bit to warm up to that. But yeah, I, I guess that story was a little bit long. But now, now that I'm thinking back on it, like the whole beginning, that one was longer, wasn't it? That was a long third one. one I yeah, it was a long one. Yeah, that one I think does drag a little bit. That one could have been cut down a little For sure. bit. Yeah. Also, because I like we were just coming off these highs of the other two stories, and then this one was like. Then took, it kind of took, this one took it. its time a little bit too much. Yeah, exactly. But I like the like the third act of that story in particular was I loved it. I loved that whole like. I agree. Yeah. All of them, yeah, like I, I said, all of them on their own are really likable. I just think when they're put together in that order, that it can kind of drain you because of how long it takes to get there, especially on that third one. I yeah, I, I can see that for sure. Very interesting. Well, in the in the Timothy Chalamet one, what were they revolting against? What were they like rising up against? Wasn't it just to go in the girls' locker room or something? Was it that in the beginning? Or I thought that was just kind of like introducing his character. Like it was some funny. Some of the stuff was like funny revolts, and then what was the but what they actually yeah. revolted for? I, like the manifesto. Yeah. Sure. I'm pretty sure it was just about like, was it the war? Like the armed military? It was like it was like the youth against. I don't remember to be honest with you, but it was something comical, like. Yeah. It was something not that serious. I want to say it had to do with like what you were saying with the girls' dorm room or something, but. Then they had the whole chess thing where they were playing chess against the. Yeah. I like that part. I like that. That part. was great. I love that part. Yeah. I like the whole flow of that one. Yeah. The good, it had a good pace. Frances McDermott killed it. Yeah, she was great. <laughs> was great. That French trick was great. Timothy Chalamet's killing it. That man is literally taking it. over the game. He's on fire right now, yeah. Yeah. I forgot he was in that Leonardo DiCaprio movie coming up. Yeah. I forget. Oh, my God. He's oh, in Red Notice. Red Notice. Oh, Red oh, Notice? Man. Wait, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. <laughs> He's in Wait that- a minute. Red Notice is not a Leo movie. Oh, wait. Well, then what's that's the, other the one, one with The Rock, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. It's a, it's a Netflix movie. It's other Netflix movies. Don't look up. Jennifer Lawrence, Leo, Naruto. Don't look up. Yeah, it's called Don't Look Up Adam McKay's. Oh, oh that's, what, <laughs> that's what it is. They're both Netflix movies. Let's, listen, give me a break. Now. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, he's in Red Notice too? What? I was like, wait, I, yeah, I haven't seen Red Notice yet. I feel like that's like a weird person to be in that action movie. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, then we got Doom Part 2. She's obviously going to be in. That man's making bank. He's making bank. Doom Here's is fine. Too. 
Yeah. I, you like Dune? Uh, did you guys like Dune? Yeah. I love Dune. I like it. I love it. Dune. It was the best to me. I, I really like Dune. Not to get off on a tangent here on the friendship. <laughs> episode, but, but, I mean, we can talk about the artistic merit of Timothy Chalamet, who I think has really, honestly, has come into his own over the past, you know, tracking him from something like the beginning of his career in like Interstellar, which nobody remembers yeah. he was even in that movie until yeah. like in the French Dispatch. I mean, that's such a crazy evolution because this was one of the first movies where I really thought that he was um, showing off like that he can really play this kind of crazy role because I feel like in a lot of the films that he's in, not to knock him, I love Thomas Chalman, I think he's a great actor, but he kind of plays the same person a lot, I feel like. I feel like he kind of plays some variation of rich white kid in all of the movies that he's in. Um, yeah, and this I, mean, I haven't part- even seen him in that many, to be honest. I've seen him in uh, Call Me By Your Name. Some Interstellar. <laughs> yeah, he's in Call Me By Your Name. He's in Lady Bird. He's in Lady Bird. Uh, Lady yeah. Bird. That's, he always kind of pl- plays that pretentious little... Exactly. He's, and even in Dune, he's kind of playing that guy. He's still kind <laughs> of playing that guy with Paul, but... Less so, for sure, but he's still kind of playing that guy. But he with this movie, kind of is a French Dispatch in a way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's more different, but it. he's still doing it. Yeah, yeah. There's more, but there's more of a sense of artistic merit to it. I think. I mean, yeah. I honestly, one of my favorite things about this movie too is the writing, like the dialogue and like just like the writing sense of it is like. Yeah really top tier like really yeah. like high literature like really well done it's very stylistic it's so uh, it's so stylistic that it's like stylistic that takes years to master and i feel like wes anderson come up with it's yeah like, i feel like wes anderson is a master of that style oh 100 but you like i love it because like i mean i definitely definitely recommend his other films like yeah i want to check them out he has a lot of great movies. Even his claymation stuff's really, really good. Like I love Isle of Dogs, but like yeah, from the ones I've seen, they've all been like four and a half, five stars for me. Yeah, like Moonrise Kingdom's amazing. The Grand Budapest Hotel is so much fun. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox is a classic. I see that one. I that one's definitely a childhood classic. And then there's like his even his first film is like charming and fun. And like that's a, the submarine one, right? No, no, it's a uh, bottle rocket. He's got older ones, oh. way older ones. He has suit, yeah. I mean, he goes way back, but like I didn't even realize how like in the game he was a while ago. Well, his his first his first film was good. I thought he just kind of came out of the blue. I'm trying to see. But he's been doing it for a while. Yeah, there's bottle rocket, which is like his first one. Then his second one's Rushmore. Which they all have the same qualities to them. They all have that warm, happy like very narrow shotless type style but you can see his progression from this first one all the way like the deeper he gets the more wes anderson he gets the more (laughs) he becomes like who he is today but the life aquatic is really good one of my favorites though is darjeeling the darjeeling darjeeling limited i never heard of that one it's the one in india that i was telling about oh okay that one is beautiful. Truly a beautiful film. Like, I love that movie. Yeah, and I love his, his stop animation films. Those are great. Oh, yeah. I didn't know, I don't know anything about Wes Anderson, the person. I'm looking at him right now. I didn't know that he went to University of Texas. Uh, 
I didn't know that he's nominated. He's got, yeah, he's nominated for Academy Awards. I didn't know any of this. I barely knew anything about this guy. Man is talented. He's super yeah. talented. I mean, this, <laughs> this movie, like, it's kind of funny. Oh, that he, and he met like, Owen Wilson. Wilson. He met Owen Wilson in college. They were roommates. Yeah, yeah. That, he's in his first oh, film. Wow. He's in Owen, like, oh, that's how they came up together. That's crazy. Yeah, like, they, the way they got their first uh, feature funded was by making a short called Bottle Rocket as a proof of concept. And they kind of that's fine. Yeah, they they did that. Cool. Yeah, they Bottle Rocket and Bottle Rocket's pretty pretty good. It's like a high. It's a funny heist movie. What really about, um, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Let's see, Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that relationship came to be, but, but he's like, been in but the they're movie. they're they're together forever. I mean, they're they're, they're everything, everything one does the other. <laughs> he's he's in a second. Feature like he's in yeah, he's, he's in like it from that he's dude. in like every movie he's in Rushmore <laughs> I was like what I think Bill Murray really I has to I guess really respect and like Wes Anderson even from the beginning even from the very first you got to be like great friends I mean something. you can definitely see is like he is one of the great filmmakers I think of our time like because he's in his own category like he you can't you can't yeah put Wes Anderson next to like someone <coughs> Martin Scorsese because they're so different. They're yeah, completely different things. But I mean, hey, that's the great part about that's the great part about film, isn't it? Is that you can have I mean, people yeah, who are so so distinctly different. This, I think, I've said this exact same thing in an earlier podcast. <laughs> but you know what? Keeping with the theme, it's true, and that's what's great about film. But um, yeah, as my first Wes Anderson movie, you know, it it definitely piqued my interest. It definitely made me say, I want to see more of this because Honestly, I want to. Like, I think you'll like the other ones more. That's what I was about to say. Is I've heard so much good about the other ones compared to this one. Even I've heard that they're so that they're that they're way better. So I, I, I want to watch. For I thought this one was pretty good. So I want to watch the other ones and really get acquainted with Wes Anderson, get acquainted with his style because I really respect what he's doing. Yeah, I would one hundred percent recommend. I mean, honestly, like it would be cool if you could start at the beginning and work your way through. But I mean, that's like nine or eight films. But I mean. Honestly, starting with the more popular ones wouldn't be a bad idea too. Cause like, I mean, Moonrise Kingdom, everyone kind of loves and everyone kind of knows. Well, I'd be really curious. You know, I, we talked about Bottle Rocket. I would be really curious to watch that. It sounds interesting. It definitely is. Like you can see, cause it's his first feature and like. Is it as stylistic? No. I mean, that's the thing. You can see hints of it throughout. But just by his shot choice, some of his framing, the way like he kind of directs the dialogue and stuff right, but right, it's not right. like as you go through his filmography it gets more and more and more and more with each film and that's what it's really cool because like you can like if you do start at the beginning you can see him progress into his own way of filmmaking like gotcha. from one all the way to the last but uh, but yeah bottle rocket definitely has hints just ba- just based off framing the way he frames certain things and certain actions like you can tell, you're like ah, he right. he's been doing that, <laughs> but it is a more it's a more I guess, quote unquote regular film. It, I mean, right. but that's so interesting that his style has like seeped into his films more and more as he's gone on. One hundred percent. It just gets more and more and more, and that's what's really cool about it is like it yeah. just gets more and more and more. Yeah. And even dude, I love like if you do like animation movies like. 
Fantasmus are fox and Isle of the Dogs are like really, really good. And they're right. not like they are kids' movies, like on the surface, but like the some of the themes within them are not for kids. Like they're men for like and every movie is pretty stacked cast. He has yeah. he has a pretty talented cast every single time. Like Yeah. Yeah, Isle of Dogs doesn't feel like a kid's movie to me. No, especially talking about like it's talking about like yeah, gen- and, genocide, like, Japanese government, and like politics. And fellow like, fellow friend of the podcast, James Rouleau, that's one of his favorite movies. So <laughs> he's, been, he's been on me to watch that movie since the day it came out, literally. Yeah. So he I, was I, on the podcast for Isle of Oh, Island. yeah, that's true. Was he? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I got that's, 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 that's one of his favorites. Um, so yeah. I, I've only heard good things about that movie. Yeah, you, you got to tune in. You have to. You have to. It's your homework. <laughs> next next podcast, you, next tell us about, you. you got to tell us about one at Wes Anderson. I don't know what would watch. be my favorite Wes Anderson. What would be your favorite Wes Anderson? Mine? My favorite? I don't know. It kind of depends on my mood because a lot of them talk about a lot of different They're things. all so different, right? They all have different things. The other thing that I like is that there there is that difference of – you story know. i mean he yeah. gives so much there's so many weird dude like life aquatic is about like a a documentary filmmaker that right. ha- owns a submarine and is trying to make his <laughs> next thing and then the grand budapest hotel is about a hotel and like the people within it and like right. a very interesting story and then darjeeling limited is about brothers going on a life altering trip in india to find who they really are like they're so different, but in an inter- interview, uh, Wes Anderson was even saying that sometimes he just writes films so he can go travel the world and experience new things. So yeah. like, you can see that in a lot of his movies is like this man's traveling so many different places, experiencing so many different things, and it seeps into what he's making. And I really uh, like that. he's got a good life. And honestly, obviously it's not that I, I don't know, he deserves he's very talented and and it's not like he's just I, I don't think, from my understanding, he's never made a film just to make money off of it. I think that he's very in it for the art. He's very in it for the film, which the I really respect. Is that just gonna bomb? Like, be honest. Like that that movie's not gonna yeah. be on box office. He made it just to for the pure art of it. Yeah, the want to do it. Are, are his other movies commercial successes? None of them are failures. Uh, I don't think. I know the Grand Budapest did better have. than the others. Like his animation ones, I did. I know it did really good. Like right. all dogs did good, and but they're not like they're not. Fantastic like, Mr. Fox, I know did good. Yeah, one hundred percent. That movie did really good. Um, I don't think Darjeeling Limited did hot. I don't think. I think Moonrise Kingdom did do really good. Yeah, Moonrise Kingdom did really good. Grand Budapest Hotel definitely did really good. But I don't know. I mean, obviously he had. They has to find some success if he's still able to make movies. <laughs> if yeah, he's still able true. to get budgets, he's definitely having some success. Oh, what was the budget of this movie? What was the budget of... Let's see. Um, the French... Disney. 25 mil. You said 45 or 25? 25. I bet it makes that back. Uh, yeah, 45. just based on... I mean, he's already at 19. So far, it's made 15 million. Uh, nine, it's at 19 worldwide. Okay, 19. Yeah, so I, I bet it. I bet it's it makes that back. It'll make it back. I don't think it'll make pro. I don't think it'll double. I don't think it'll be profitable, but I, I, I think it will make the money back for sure. 
Yeah, I agree, but you know, at least we got it. We got a nice. I'm sure it's far from the end of Wes Anderson. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, that man's not. Come not on, it's pandemic. It's pandemic numbers. You know what I mean? We gotta wait until Spider Man to get everybody back in, and then we'll be back to normal. Spider Man is the savior of cinema. <laughs> yeah, all three of them. They really are. If they're, if they, I mean, we've we've had this Spider-Man. discussion, we've had this <laughs> Spider Man conversation multiple times on this podcast already, but I've been saying it, and I'll even call it again for everyone at home. If they do it right, and all three of them are in it, it's going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. I think so. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I like, literally, that movie is going to bring people back to the box office, and then we'll start seeing normal numbers again. I think. But that's if it's good. That's what it rides on. If it's good, and well, if they do bring back all of them, I think that they're going to bring back all of them, and I think that it doesn't matter if it's good because I think that word of mouth is going to fly, and people are going to want to see that stuff back in there. Like I hope it's good, but I don't think yeah, the but general. If but if it's good, and th- all three of them are in it, and we get some good screen time with them, it'll break everything. It'll break. I think it'll be. I mean, trailer it, broke the internet. Yeah, the trailer broke the view count for biggest trailer. I mean, it broke the Avengers trailer for yeah, the like, view count. So it's wild, and that I didn't even have anything in it past Alfred Molina. Bro, I've so, been playing this stuff since like months and months ago. For real though, you're right. You're right. That's, <laughs> since it was it's rumored. Happen. Since it was a rumor, I've been saying it. Since it was, yeah. Everyone be doubting, but I think. I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like confirmed that they're bringing everybody back. But I, I think I'm pretty sure. Did you see the new poster they released? It's like yeah. the, the OG Green Goblin uh, costumes yeah. in it. Yeah, they're slowly revealing more and more. And Sandman's like kind of confirmed, like in the poster. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And Jamie Foxx is in it. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie yeah. yeah. Now I'm con- I think Wilm Dafoe is going to be in it, right? Because like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he's confirmed. There's no way to bring it in James Franco because that man's canceled. There's <laughs> <laughs> no way he can play that. So yeah, no, I'm pretty sure they confirmed that it's Willem Dafoe. Okay. Yeah, then yeah. I mean, because it's his last. Yeah, and it's a big behind movie. It's like two and a half. Then now we got or Venom. Something. Oh, and Venom well. confirmed it. Did you Venom, see Venom? Is Venom in it? I've seen the trade. I've seen, I know what happens in Venom. I just don't know. If, okay. if, if I mean, the movie is not worth it, but like that one. Exactly. I didn't see the movie. I saw the post credit scene. <laughs> okay. Well then, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Then that pretty much confirms. I, yeah. It confirms that Venom is now in the MCU and it would only make yeah. sense that he's in this next movie. <laughs> that would be crazy if they kept that quiet for that long and he's just suddenly in it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he was literally like seeing Tom Holland on the TV. <laughs> no, but I, like, I mean, like, I feel like there's not. I feel like maybe the next one he'll be in. I don't know if I. I don't know if they oh, can speak him in. I feel like they wouldn't tease it unless it was gonna be this next one. Unless he makes like a little cameo, it might be a big thing or like or a, a post credit scene with him in the movie with that like that like something of the sort. I was t- we were talking with uh, Pascus Noam. We were kind of coming up with theories of like. But Venom's kind of like a good guy now, so would he be bad? Yeah, like, there's different exactly. variables. But they said they said in the Venom movie they set up that all the symbiotes have like a hive mind throughout the multiverse. I don't know. Interesting. I did not. Catch that's it. what I read was that they set that up so it's like that's how they're gonna put them against each other. Is it's like Venom remembers the other Spider-Man or something? Uh, like, that'd be interesting. Oh, like he just. I want to see it. I want to see just mad Spider-Man, at Spider-Man fight Venom. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm here for it. It's just gonna be. <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah, I I want to see it happen. 
I want to see Spider-Man six versus three Spider-Man. Have, have, have you guys seen um, James Bond? Yeah, yeah. Did you do a podcast on that one? Not yet. I don't think. Not? I don't think we will. I mean, there's too many movies com- coming out too quickly. Yeah. That, what, did, did we like or not like James Bond? I liked it. I, I think like there's it's. I think it's the most James Bond movie ever. Dude, I saw I saw your letterbox thing, and that was the wackest statement I've ever heard in my life. This movie is not a James. Take Bond. it out. Get rid of it. It does. It's uh, God. I hated that movie. That is such. I a hated that movie. It is such an incorrect take that I don't even. Know <laughs> I have all of the, I have all of the hot takes on the podcast. You really do. You hold the record. It makes it interesting. It makes it way more. You're you're a good balance because like that movie was fine. I hated. The second act was where I think was super lackluster and boring. Oh, the first act I liked. Dude, I like liked that opening was amazing. Going. I love that opening. With that was so epic. And um um uh Anna Armas killed it. I she was the best part of the movie. Well come but, on, that opening was one of the most James Bond openings ever. It was an homage to all the classic stuff, the guns coming out the the, the little car. headlights, like that yeah. was awesome. And he yeah, was like, I was it sick. No, and the music, I even love the, the, the music was bad. They didn't use the theme song. They didn't use the theme song. I mean, that doesn't make a break. I mean, mandatory. That's mandatory. You have to use that that song at least once in your movie, and they used it no no times, not once. Interesting. No, they did. In the beginning of the London sequence, like 10 seconds, and then it was gone, and that was it. Yeah. I mean, what do you want? It, the whole movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no, you don't need it the whole movie. Have you seen the other James Bonds? What James yes. Bond I've seen every James like every James Bond movie. I'm a huge James Bond fan. Every single one. How not did you every single one? But most. Oh wait! So you've seen like all the Charles Bronson ones and all the ones before, mm-hmm. but then how did you not think it was a James Bond movie? Like that man had so many corny James Bond lines in it. It doesn't matter. It just it, it felt like a it felt like an action movie that happened to have James Bond in it. I don't know about that. I thought it was honestly too much James Bond. James Bond should also never have a have a have a have a child or a wife. That just it should not be a thing. I mean, not that they were last they weren't they weren't married, but they, they that should not be a thing. He, the whole point of James Bond is, I mean, yeah, he's the most macho man ever. Like yeah. he's going on to all the women. But what like, movie is it? It's the older movie where he gets married and then she gets killed, and that's like the whole thing. I forget which one that is. That's one of them. Like uh, Casino, Casino Royale. No, Casino Royale is is. I mean, they don't get married. No, there's one where they literally get. It's like an older one, and that they get married in. I don't remember that. But like, I mean, Doctor No, come on, Thunderball, uh, Goldfinger, those are great movies. I don't really like Goldfinger. I don't like Goldfinger. Yeah, some of them are too corny <laughs> for my life. Like some of them are too much. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I mean like okay, like Moonraker, Moonraker, and From Russia with Love and stuff like that. Those are kind of corny. But and also the Roger Moore ones. What was the one that was like, um, not no time to die, but a bad time to die? It was something die in the name. It was like a, it was die like, another day. That one I hate. I hate that movie. Like when, <laughs> when they're like Star Wars space pods and stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of them go a little crazy. I don't know. I like uh, um, the Pierce Brosnan ones. I really like. Yeah, some yeah. There's some good ones. I mean, Casino Royale is my favorite spot movie. Really. 
Yeah. It's a yeah. banger. It's a banger. It's good. I just I hate the double. What, I, what? I hate that double the double ending. I hate it. I love the ending. The ending's the best part of the movie. <laughs> oh, man. It ends, it ends, and then we're like, actually, let's go another 45 minutes and end it again. But it, it's it's the two story. They, they're two different. We are so far from French Dispatch on this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you know, just triple feature, James Bond, French Dispatch, and whatever else we've talked about. But um, <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I love that movie. I love that movie a lot. The ending where he talks to Mr. White, where he comes up with the gun and he's got the phone and the music starts to play. Like that ending is so good. But like, I feel like choose one. You don't need both. Well, it's I think long. that it had to it had to end its own story and also end the the first like 007. Because it was as much his story as it was the actual story as well. I mean, no, I get it. And I even saw it in theaters right before No Time to Die came out. They're playing it in theater. And I've seen this movie. I've seen Casino Royale like four times. And I love it, except for I always forget that there's an extra 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, in oh. I'm like, oh, it's done. <laughs> that was awesome. I loved it. And then it's like, actually, no. Like, we're going to keep on going. And I, that's every single time I've seen the movie. And I always forget that it's even in there. And it's like an epilogue. It's like an epilogue. That's what it is. Yeah, but I don't like it. <laughs> and I get that. I understand that. I just do not like it. Every single time I've seen that movie, and I've seen it like four to five times, I always forget yeah. it's there. And every time it comes on, I'm like, I'm, I always put my head hands up and I'm like, God dang it. I forgot this was here. And I just sit through it. And it's just like, oh, come on. But I mean, to each their own. That's what, that's the fun thing yeah. about them is like everyone can have their own opinion and no one's wrong. No one's right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Back No Time to Die wasn't, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't the best. It was not the best, strongest one yeah. out of the Daniel Craig series. But I like that they killed him. I like that send off. It was epic. It was awesome. That man blew up by nukes. His, I didn't like open. that part of it. I really was like. You wanted him to survive? Yeah, I wanted him to survive. James Bond doesn't die. He's James Bond. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is the final one. For Daniel Craig. It's not, the, it's not the final James Bond. No, it, Daniel it, Craig's James Bond. Like, I like yeah, it. Now, before, like, before they had never, they never killed them off. They never, I they liked never, it. That's why it's I just like, like James Bond is the next, you know, it continues. That's the whole point. Yeah, but like, it was epic. That man <laughs> went out in a glory. Done, he, was just, glory. he just disappeared in like three seconds. I like. Bro, he was crying. His daughter's there. Or what is it? The kid? Yeah, the kid's in. I could care less about his kid. I'm sorry. His kid, I could care less. I could care less about his kid. I could care less about his relationship. I could care less I, I about all say, of like, them. The second act was like, the more I think about the movie, the the less it, it crawls down my list. Yeah, well, and it's like, watch the thing where it's like, she's not your kid. Okay, but she is your kid. That was stupid. I'm sorry. That was dumb. That was bad writing. Like, like She didn't want to tell him. But like, it, just, it didn't not make sense. It made sense. It, no, it's not that it didn't make sense. It's that I think that the point of setting that up so it was some big reveal in the end when he was about to die was like, yeah, we obviously, all do. no one like questioned. Yeah. Like, obviously, exactly. That's his kid. exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is his kid. <laughs> I wish. And another problem with the movie is a lot of the action really was flat to me. Nothing had an oom yeah. besides that opening. But I love that opening. Best, the, best, the, movie, the, the two best action parts of the movie were the Anna de Armas action scene 
in Cuba, I really liked. It was good, then, but it still fell flat in some areas. But the, and then the shot that they did, kind of mimicking Casino Royale, where he turns around and shoots, and it's the gun barrel shot towards the end of it. And the tunnel? And the little... Yeah. I like that. The one take you're talking about? No, it's like... it's like Oh, just literally have, that one shot. They have The one shot. When they have him... <laughs> the they shot. literally have him sit around and do the gun barrel shot. I mean, yeah, that was in the trailer, like... That's why that lost on for me too, because it was in the trailer. I was like, oh, oh I didn't see that. I see. I didn't watch. I don't watch trailers anymore. I, I just go uh, see movies. I watch teasers only, and that was in the teaser. And then, I mean, some trailers I'll definitely watch because, like, we're in the theater all the time, so all those trailers are always coming on. Yeah. Well, so, I I'm I'm either late to the movie, like I I miss the trailers, or I just like watch them and I'm like, that looks good, and then forget about it. Sounds about right. <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds facts, yeah. Man, but I don't know. I mean, it wasn't... I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Exactly. It was just like it is what it is. It's that I never expected it to live up to Skyfall or Casino Royale. But well, I, that was the only one of those movies that I have ever been firmly anti that movie. I am, I am firmly against that movie. So let it be known. You know, right. Max hates James Bond. <laughs> Max hates Daniel Craig, and we're telling everyone. Oh, he's a great James Bond. He's one of the best, but it's just that movie. Ugh. Oh gosh. All right. Well, I think that kind of kind of that wraps the French Dispatch podcast. Yeah, that wraps up the French Dispatch podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's all. Um, what would we do next? I don't even know. There's like the Joaquin Phoenix movie coming out. Come on, come on. Belfast. Yeah. Colonels. Belfast. Uh, yeah. Um, the new PTA. Oh, Licorice Pizza. I, I cannot wait. I cannot oh, yeah. wait to that movie. That's going to be great. Yeah. What was the other one? Oh, like the Busters and. The Diamond Spider Man. There's one more at the end of November, though. There's Licorice. Oh, House of Gucci. House of Gucci. Father's yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for that movie. It has some yeah. potential, but yeah, if we see, I mean, if you see any movies, let us know that yeah. new up releases, and we'll definitely have you back on. You're always a good guest, but for sure, for sure. Thank you guys for having me as always. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Bye bye. <laughs>